Japan. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> people can hear you right now. Oh, no. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am your host, right. com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire. extraordinaire. How you got We've me been laughing drinking. in the middle Well, of it. you had me cracking up. Shane Leonard. Hello. I just waved. And I do that every time. Hello. You, I'm waving to the kids outside. Uh, oh, yeah, man. so we we got a little goofy running into this one. This week, we are actually going to be covering uh, The Great Gatsby, which will be quick, but uh, we we were not available. Life got in the way last week, right. and we actually really wanted to cover The Great Gatsby. Now, not so much. <laughs> There's, I don't know how much of Gatsby yeah, we're going to do. We're going to do, really do some Gatsby, show. but uh, we're also doing uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. And you know the thing is, is it's kind of funny. But I was last week when we saw the movie, we uh, I was really interested to do the show, and now I feel like I'm over it. Like the Great Gatsby, Gatsby. yeah. yeah. The, well, it, Star it, Trek had so much. It's stuff. all yeah. happened already. I've already written my review. Go to rhscreen.com. Right. You, you can see my great review. Yourself. Right. It's um, I'm just sort of over it, and not only that. <laughs> Which but sucks, cause there's such be... a weird dynamic of that movie going on yeah. in the universe because it is getting a fair amount of positive reviews. It's getting a whole lot of I hate you reviews. Right. And what, what's weird is that usually you can uh, go to, you know, like your favorite movie site, Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, whatever. Whatever. And you can look at here are the critics. You can check out, you know, these are the few critics that I love, whatever. And uh, and then compare that to the user ratings. Right. And for The Great Gatsby, they're kind of exactly the same. Yeah. You get the exact same mix. There's people who go, wow, this is great. There's a, a whole bunch of people that, you know, <laughs> just hate Baz Luhrmann now if yeah. they didn't before. And really not a whole lot in between. There aren't yeah. a lot of people who go, right. well, that was, that okay. was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I don't know. It's just it's gone on for so long that it's over. But also we've got uh, Star Trek Into well, Darkness. It, there's another reason I was looking forward to it anyway. But I got the benefit because I could just talk to you all week anyway. Right. You know, but you you don't like Leonardo DiCaprio, and The Great Gatsby is your favorite book. Right. And this was a perfect storm of watching you just go <laughs> off on this thing. And I had thought just for the fun of it to come in and be like, you're out of your mind. This yeah, is that great, was awesome. And that would have just been the most fun devil's advocacy position to have taken, but in, in a really kind of unfortunate we'll way. Get, it just we'll gets get plenty bumped. of letters for that. Yeah. It just gets bumped, anyway. and, and it's unfortunate. But Right, and, um, <laughs> you know, Shane, tell me how you really feel lettered, has already been going <laughs> off on Facebook today. Man, it's been a busy day. Uh, uh, about his... I uh, even went on Twitter. I hate take, Twitter. His take on... <laughs> I got, on dragged, the I got wonderment dragged into Twitter. That is Star Trek Into Darkness. You know, to kick this off, um, and since we've been gone for a week, we don't really have a lot else going on. I am going to throw out there again that we are running a contest. If you do not, you know, tune in regularly, you theoretically you should already know this, but we have a contest and we need some more entries because I'm start, I'm starting to get irritated now, but. <laughs> We are running a contest on areyouscreening.com. If you go there and look, it's not real hard to find. I'll put the link when I put this up on the website and everything. But you can win. One lucky person will win every movie we review this year on Blu-ray. And you know, does Gatsby count? That's a hell of a price. Yeah, sure. Okay, I was just Um, curious. I figured it. Yeah, often if we just throw a movie out, uh, it it might not necessarily count. But yeah, sometimes we do two. Once in a while, we don't do one. I can't imagine you'd want so, to hang on so to in the head, so right. I'm sure you'll be happy to get rid of it. Right. Uh, yeah, wait for my Blu-ray review on the special right. features. I am kind of interested to see the special features that come out with that. I am though, too. Because, you know, if there's like a commentary track, that well, okay. might be awesome. Before we gloss over Gatsby, I think one of the big things that you and I agreed on was just there was the fundamental thing about the book, about the story that Fitzgerald wanted to transfer. And... It, it it just seems lost on people. Like it just seemed like this whole notion of what the Great Gatsby is about 
didn't really translate easily to the film. And the film kind of got some of it, but it didn't really get the overarching thing. Right. No, I don't don't think you you get the theme at all. We'll we'll jump into The Great Gatsby. um, Because it doesn't have to be forever we talk about it. No, we we won't talk about it for a long time. But I do want to just, you know, finish throwing this out, that we have the contest. um, And what it is is you have to rate us on iTunes. And there's only 100 entries. So... Get in there and enter. Find find the page on right. Ari's Greeny, and you know you have a one in a hundred chance. That's that's a pretty good giveaway. But so anyway, you know, uh, to, I get, think to jump into this, I really for some reason want to lump these movies together in my mind. It's really weird yeah. seeing these two movies for me anyway. It's really weird because this will give you a nice summation of where we're where we're about to go, right? But into darkness. Both of these movies seem so similar to me, and I said this when we walked out. Yeah, there is like this thread in my mind that connects these movies, and it, it's basically that both of these movies seem the the whole time I was watching both of these movies, they seem to be uh, from. People who don't understand the movie they're making. The source material, yeah. And they're, you know, J.J. Abrams is making a Star Trek movie as though he doesn't have any interest in Star Trek at all and wants to make a cool movie. And he has, you know, some kind of general outline in mind. And he goes, oh, all right, slap the Star Trek skin on that, fine. And, you know, and it's the same thing with Gatsby. It's like... uh, you know, Baz Luhrmann knows that the that the movie is going to be from a book that's world famous, so you know you've got an audience. Right. But other than that, he just wants to film the same thing he always films. I mean, he just wants to film his big party scenes and dance numbers and make lavish things. It it doesn't feel like a movie from someone who goes, you know what, this is the best book ever and I love the and I love this book and and I want to make it like you know there are certain titles that uh you know 1974 one with Robert Redford mm-hmm. which still didn't work so great but right. worked a lot better than this and even Robert Redford was not like a perfect Gatsby and that's I, I mean that's famously the critical opinion was that he wasn't quite exactly Gatsby right and the movie didn't exactly deliver the themes as much as you would want it to. Right. But it seemed like it was made from someone who loved the book. Yeah. Who, and who, who, and who tried really and failed. Right. Who you was know? really trying to capture the feeling of the book and got some of it and <clears throat> just didn't get it all. Right. And it's like, it kind of reminds me in a weird way of, uh, you know, Dune from ages ago where that movie was clearly like you had to have read the book or, yeah, or you didn't even like, want to watch the welcome movie. Welcome to three because, hours of cluelessness. Right. Just, and and that one, you know, that movie was not brilliant and was not the best thing ever. Although I I think it was pretty good, well, and a, a really lot of people don't. But yeah, it was a good effort. But that book, you could tell, was made by someone who loved the book and was mm-hmm. into the source material. And you know, The Great Gatsby just feels so empty that it's like it, it's like if you read The Great Gatsby in high school and said. I don't know why the hell everyone likes this. Oh, you want me to make a movie? Okay. <laughs> you, yeah. you know? Right. It's really weird, but there's that general idea. But like you were talking about the uh, the theme of it and, the, you know, the overall point you're supposed to get at the end of reading The Great Gatsby, if you get that from the movie, you brought it in with you right. yourself. I mean, it is, you have to it do is a lot not of work. there. Right. You have to do a lot of work. Yeah. Which is, I mean... It's great that the film is so successful because ultimately what that does is it kicks back to the book, too. And as an English major, as a lover of books, as a guy who reads all the time and who loved The Great Gatsby, I never get tired of reading it. I haven't read it in a while, but it's making people hopefully go get it. I'm actually kind of curious. I'll probably look that up today and see what the sales spike for the book has been the last week and a half. Right. It's doing crazy box I think it would be interesting in like a month or two when we start seeing the reaction of (laughs) – you know, people who had not read the book right. saw the movie <laughs> and said, well, that was fun, and then read the book and went, what? Yeah, <laughs> right. this, because it's it's weird, too, because, um, you know, like I, I said this before, but 
if you were if you were reading The Great Gatsby in high school and your assignment was all you have to do is just tell me exactly everything that happened. Right. I don't want to, I mean, no, you know, no high school ever, like said no English teacher ever is, that would never be your assignment, right? But if that was the assignment, you could just go, oh, good, I don't have to read the book, right. I can just watch this movie. But if if your assignment is anything else, <laughs> yeah, you're screwed. I had teachers in high school, forget screwed. college, I had teachers, because you don't read Gatsby in college unless you're killing time. Right. But I had teachers in high school who said, about the Lord of the Flies, because it was, you know, everyone was like, I'll just see that film right. with Balthazar Getty and stuff. And the teacher was like, I've seen the movie. Right. Okay? The quizzes and the tests aren't going to be about what's in the movie. It's right. going to be about everything that isn't in the movie. And everyone was like, oh, God, we got to read 180 pages. Right, right. So I, I think it'd be funny to be that teacher. And but yeah, like, in this case, I mean, I, I don't know. But anything that you're supposed to get in this movie, right? and in a very strange way, because a lot of the things, you know, what you're supposed to write about, if you have to write your essay on this on this book, is, yeah. you know, you better have uh, the glasses, right, <clears throat> and the, the billboard with the, the the doctor's glasses over the dead space in between right. <laughs> West Egg and, and New York, and you know, you have to have like the green light, and you have to have like a yep. lot of things. You probably All the metaphors. You have to have like the shirt scene. You have to talk yep. about. Uh, why these things are in there and what they're supposed to represent and all that stuff. Right. And if you watch the movie, you'll know they're in there. Right. But you won't know why. Right. I mean, there's there is no point at which you can possibly get anything out of the billboard with the eyes. Yeah. As far as like what it's supposed to represent, why it's there, the thematic content of it, all it does is like shove it in your right. face a bunch There's of times. There's a sentence throwaway that's there that Nick says about it, but if you're really not paying attention, right. and odds are you're But if you don't know already... Co- yeah, if you don't, you're just like, wow, that's kind of weird and creepy and what a visual. Like, right. Oh, Baz Luhrmann. Right. And, and so. right, if you've read the book and you know it already, then it's like, fine, we referenced it, we and now that. you can now think that, because right. this is when you're supposed to, but yeah. it's not there in the movie. And uh, and since you started off, like we're gonna actually probably wrap up Gatsby pretty quick. We have to. I know you want to get into Star Trek, but yeah. um, since you men- mentioned DiCaprio, I don't hate DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't I think know. it's that, just fun to say that you do. I know. I just don't think that he's as good as everyone thinks, and right. I, I think that he's been in a lot of stuff where I was like, nah. I mean, he's getting to the point where. He's just a name, and he's not that great an actor. He's just the, he's just a name who gets people in, and he's an okay actor. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen him in anything where I was like, I mean, he needs to quit because he's horrible, right? I just don't think he's that great, and I think that a lot of the characters that he plays in movies are, and this is like you know, this is no nothing anyone ever wants anyone to say, but I think he plays characters that aren't that hard to play. And does them pretty well, right? But he's, I, I, I don't see, think he's great. Look, I think you're focused. Okay, before we get into, you know, get out of this, I'm on the other side. I think DiCaprio was a really great and talented actor. I don't know that I'm willing to throw all my chips behind him being the greatest, you know, of this generation. But I, I can't disagree more with what you just said, even though we disagree on Gangs of New York, and that's fine, because I think it's a great film. And right. You're like, okay, it's four hours too long, and it's only a three-hour film. Right. Anybody that disagrees with what I'm about to say, I'll put one movie down in front of them, and that'll be the end of the discussion. If you have your point and I disagree, <laughs> what's, eating, what's eating Gilbert Grape goes on the table, and I win. That's the end of it. His performance yeah, in that film I don't alone think so. is absolutely awesome. I don't think so. I think he is really – he did more. He did better work as, he, you know, as he's gone on. This boy's well, life. If he did better work, work, then that would be the movie that you he, put down. Well, no. This is what I'm saying. Like, if you're like, he's not that great, and the roles he picks are very easy. And I'd be like, really? Yeah. I'd love to show you. Yeah. I'd love he to was that. good in that movie, but, you know, what have you done for I me lately? I see it on your shelf. He's sitting <laughs> yeah, right here right. with a bunch of glitter on no, it. No, so. that, is, that is a good movie, and he is good in it. But that movie alone does not translate into he's really he, good in yeah. everything he does. He's got a stigma because he was in Titanic, and he's the king of the world with James Cameron, and he can do, right. you know, he's the golden boy, and he's got these things. Yeah, I don't you know, know. He's got a but, bit of a. But, okay, the point is. <laughs> trying to get back awesome to, if we trying to get back Leo, to Gatsby. Yeah, the whole show is just <laughs> awesome. Uh, but the point is that 
I don't think he's that great. Okay. I, I don't think he's as great as everyone thinks he is. Yeah. I don't hate him and I don't think he's terrible. I just think that he's not as great as everyone thinks he is. But and and actually I think he's miscast no matter what he did in this movie, but I don't think you can fault him for anything in this movie. Yeah, no, we talked about I that. I think that he right. did he did as good I don't think his Gatsby is very good. I don't think it's his fault at all. Right. I, I don't think he. I think he did exactly what he was told he was supposed yeah. to do. I he, think. He I did. think he. I think he. He was told, okay, it's going to be like this and this, and in this scene, you right. act like this and this. He did and a this. great Baz Luhrmann, and he scene. did exactly what he was supposed to do, right. and he did it pretty impressively. Yeah, it's just that that's not Gatsby, right. you know. I mean, right. the, I don't think so, but. Yeah. But since you bring him up, I don't. I don't think he's the problem at all. Yeah. I think that uh, you know a lot of a lot of the parts in Gatsby. You know, everything is that Baz Luhrmann makes everything takes everything so far to like the you know easiest way to do it and the simplest terms and everything has to be like right there. Like when Gatsby finally does have the you know meeting with Daisy in, right. in Nick's house and and there's the flowers and everything, and you know from the book what you get is you know he starts acting nervous mm -hmm. you know but he starts acting nervous for Gatsby not right. for a twelve year old boy right right I right. mean he starts acting like a goof right. in this movie. Right. And it's like there's no way that, that Gatsby did not go through his whole life and do everything he's done. Right. He's supposed he's supposed to be a little you know he's right. supposed to clearly have a little bit of shift right. Right. He's not supposed to just go all yeah. like gooey or whatever. And even Nick even even Caraway's like you're acting like a like a teenager you know snap out of it. And that's supposed to bring him back out of that moment. But like like what you said, the one thing I do agree with is. He he was Baz Luhrmann's Gatsby. Yeah. He wasn't Fitzgerald's Gatsby. Right. But he gave the best performance that the director wanted out right. of him, and you can't fault him for that at that point. He's, right. He's exactly. doing his job. And so. uh, and and Toby Maguire was good in it, and I don't usually love him. I mean, I kind of like him a, a, a bit. I mean, he's yeah. he's one of those guys that as long as he's in the right role, right, it's hard to dislike him because right. he's that's what I that's how I feel about him. Yeah, I like yeah. him when he's cast right. He's and, um. But he's not, you know, the world's greatest actor either. But he was, he was perfectly he was fine in this. Yeah. And I think, I think probably everyone was. And he, you know, one of the other things is, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name now who played Tom Buchanan. But he was right. so wasted in yeah. this movie as he an really actor, was. because Tom Buchanan is just the most straightforward useless character basically in this movie right. that it's like you could he's just you could pick an actor at random right. anybody could he's do a, that he's a I terrible mean. foil for Gatsby and for the motives that happen you know along the story but he the guy the actor that we're blanking on yeah they underutilized him I mean, I mean it, it, it was just more. such a waste to say you know be so ridiculously over the top right. I mean this his role in this was like you know the first week you're in like acting class and and that's what they want you to do is see how over the top you can make right. it or something like that, you know, and just oversell everything. I don't know. Anyway, it was just it was horrible. But so, you know, in summation, right. <laughs> we really loved it. Right. I think it was um, I can understand some people like kind of getting behind it, especially if you don't know the book. Yeah. It's got a certain Baz Luhrmann-y appeal for the right person that that, that right. works for and it's also got once it gets past like the halfway mark he actually kind of tones it down a little bit yeah he just i think clearly doesn't know what he's doing with it he just he i swear to god he like didn't understand the book if if I was told that he had not read the book, I would not be surprised right. like he just read the cliff notes and they said it's basically this right. go I, w I totally would not be surprised to find out that because it just feels so much like he doesn't know why he's telling the story. He just knows that he's telling the story. It's almost like it's almost like when you're actually like, you know, playing telephone of like a big, long story and you get like four or five people down and the person, you know, tells you all the exact facts 
but they don't know why you're they're telling the story. Right. They don't know what you're supposed to get out of it. It's well, we just we got crazy. a good point in the chat room. Somebody said that the you know the emotional factor of the end is you know lost on the audience, and I agree with that. You know, I also agree. My last thing, and if you want to keep going on it, that's fine. My last thing about it was that there was no. There's no pacing to the film. It's all a thousand miles an hour. Right. Everything's in your face. We saw it in 3D. It benefited from. I actually thought there was a lot of really beautiful things in yeah. 3D. And but there was no moment to not just take a breath and relax. But there was no moment to just kind of gravitate towards anything. It was just all the way pedal to the metal all the time. Right. And then when it wasn't doing anything, it looked like it was doing that all the time. Right. So it's kind of an exhausting and, experience. You know, that's and another, that's not the way that the story, I thought, should go. But That's another thing, too, is that theory, there's so. such a, a strange kind of dynamic back and forth going on with this movie where you get you get like a quick element where we're supposed to like be very serious and we're trying to understand what's going on and everything and it's all, yeah. you know, whatever – and then, boom, the next minute, you're driving with Gatsby in his car in the street, and I swear to God, it's like a cartoon. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, like Roger Rabbit. I expect to go right by. It is exactly I like – I remember – I wanted to tell you that, and I never got to it until you said that. Yeah. It's, and he's holding up the card while yeah, the right. motorcycle really guys – yeah. I'm like, what? Right. Like, what is this? That it's was really seriously, weird. like, jumped yeah. some kind of – to some other level of something. And then it just keeps going and back and forth. Back. Yeah. And it, and I forgot it, to tell you that. Re- it's that we really both thought odd. The same thing, so. And I'm and and it's funny because I'm like, why why are we doing this? And uh, there's some theory that this is supposed to be somehow making Nick right like him or yeah. be impressed Endearing by him or, yeah, or right. you know whatever. Yeah. And I'm going, I don't know, really. Anyway, so <laughs> so we both really loved that movie. Yeah. I gave it one star. Did you really? I think <laughs> I gave it like. I I went back and forth between one and one and a half um, for a while, and a, a different movie that kind of came across the same way and gave me the same feeling as this, I, I might have given like two stars or something, yeah. but this one is, there's no point in making this movie to me if you have no interest whatsoever in actually relaying the themes of the book. Yeah. And to... You could not fail more in that category That's a hard, than this, this movie is, did. Mean, we already said that this was your favorite film, and you're not a big Leo fan, so it's, it's easy my favorite for me, book. Uh, your favorite <laughs> book, excuse me. It's hard because it was hard for me to reconcile a lot of that in a way that in the darkness will be later. Which is, do I grade it as an adaptation of this book that I love, or right. do I just take it for what it is, which is a story based on? Sometimes these things I always think of. Um, not a lot of people ever read Jim Harrison's book, Legends of the Fall, but a lot of people saw the movie right, with Anthony right. Hopkins and Brad Pitt. And that's that's a good example where you have a, a big, you know, kind of divergence between the, red versus Jim Harrison's the book movie. is, is yeah. a novella. It's incredibly short, but this movie is ridiculously long. And you know, when I think of films, sometimes I remember Legends of the Fall. I I actually rated. I, I thought I thought Gatsby as a film was average. I gave it like two and a half stars, right. which is huge over what you're giving it, but. I, I kind of cut the cord well before going in, and I'm not saying you didn't, but I just was like, I'm not going to hold it accountable to the book, even though I want to, even though I feel it should. Right. This is one of those films that I feel you should. But for some reason, at the end of it, I was like, eh, I had problems with it, but it was still interesting, and I was kind of curious. And right. it was like that weird, just that weird perspective shit of being a little bit more curious about, like, how's he going to do it? Well, he failed right. at it, but I was still kind of curious about how he did it. Right. So in and, the end, and I thought see, it was just average. I, thought I it was think I think for me, even if film. you try to make that you know divorce, which is real, which can be really hard to do. I don't always get to do it. I still like, feel like if I if I wasn't thinking about the book at all, yeah, I still at the end of this movie yeah. would be thinking, why the hell did why I did watch, they watch that? that? I, I, I get I, it. And, yeah. and see, I think that's actually part of the problem because I think Baz Luhrmann somehow. In looking at this movie, has made some sort of leap with it where what he's actually after is just sort of like this reality television version of the story where we're just watching these people because we're just Just watching watching these people. And and it's like we don't need any – there's no themes to we're watching you know the real world. There's just whatever happens, and it's interesting to watch because we're watching other people. Yeah, and that was the movie that he yeah. wanted to make. Here's what happens to them, and right. you get to be involved in their lives and watch them do it. Yeah. And 
go. And if you get anything out of it, you get something out of it. Just like, you know, you could watch the real world and and go, hey, you know what? I I think I learned something there or something, right? (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, just for me, I felt like the movie was, even if you try to look at it just as a movie, if you can do that, it it is kind of, there are some fun moments, I guess, and there are some parts that are interesting. But even if you do that, I think none of the characters stay true to even themselves as represented in the movie. You can't figure out anybody's like, you know, I think you even said like motivations for doing yeah, anything the motivations is like completely confused. Yeah. And it's not even just trying to compare them to what they're supposed right. to be from the book, but just what they tell just you in the movie, movie is, yeah. is weird. So I don't know. I, I hated it, but yeah, um, we should jump on to Star Trek because we already spent yeah. more time than we wanted. Yeah. And you have so much to say about I, Star Trek it's that it's, it's I, I think it's funny. You've already said it. You're well, not going to remember all the well, things. No, I won't remember all of it. I wrote some of it down, but uh, it, it's funny. It, I don't like Twitter. I just I dislike it. But today I got. But you on had it. to get on it. Today I got on it, and then I got sucked into it. And it was basically Twitter and Facebook and text messages and back and, and forth. phone calls, and people were like, "Why? How?" And I'm like, "Oh God!" Look. And now, uh, uh, just you know, to kick off, I, I think now IMDb has switched and actually is calling Benedict Cumberbatch's character Khan on IMDb. And at first they weren't, so I thought yeah. that was. I this thought that is, was kind you know, of interesting, even after it kind of got revealed at a certain point, if you pay attention you to all do, the people talking online. But it still wasn't. But now it is. I, I, I looked at look it today. I'm like, your internet's down. I can't look at anything. I'm like, that's a little weird that now suddenly it's it's decided to switch and yeah. say that's okay. Well, it, it, it's weird. It's like it's almost one of these things where for the majority of people who – and I talked to a lot of people over the weekend for people who just didn't necessarily know or haven't seen – the Wrath of Khan, except for maybe when they were a little kid, and they don't even remember much of it anyway. They remember what they right, see, right. always parodied. But, you know, this whole thing about the whole movie, like, shrouding his identity and talking for over a year about him being just John Harrison, there was an awful lot of effort put into just what was not very a big deal. Because the people who right. see it, they don't, if you know it, you're, you know it already. And if you don't know it, it doesn't you don't matter. Care. It never gets anywhere. So, you yeah. don't care. So there was a whole right. amount of effort into this big thing that really nobody cared about. Right, so. right. And so going into the movie, like, we're obviously continuing uh, sort of from the first movie. And, I, you know, I feel like we should say, just for like disclosure, you didn't like the first movie more than I didn't like it. I was, I think, anyway, <laughs> I was fairly okay with the first movie. Yeah, I, I didn't lean towards the I more didn't negative love it, but oh, yeah, I, I was much more negative because of uh, it's all because of Kirk. It's all because of J.J. Abrams' idea that he's a frat boy, right? Who and it was and it was a lot of who theoretically is going <laughs> to develop into the Kirk right. we know. I guess, and it, as it, it, the movies play on. Right? Yeah, it was almost like working backwards from watching one negative thing. I could deal with the the initial version of his Kirk, but by the time he got to the Kobayashi Maru and was just apple-chewing, chewing the scene and reacting like he knew everything, like, right. it's just, it, it in a way translates to this. It just shows that J.J. Abrams and his crew, they don't get the characters. And this right, is like right. what you were just saying about Baz Luhrmann, which is if you don't understand the characters and you're going into an alternate timeline, that's great. Right. But you still have to have some fundamental idea of what makes these characters work and right. endearing and, and icons. And I don't think he understands <clears> – we're both like getting all right. the dry voice. It's not – I don't have a problem with things like – Spock and Uhura having a romance, that, great. I don't care. It's kind of weird. It doesn't, but, it doesn't matter right. to me, and I don't think it serves the movie a huge deal at this time. And we've we've already done this great twist that we right. can have with this you know, alternate timeline. Sure. So, so clearly we can great. do whatever do we it. want. But it's just like fundamentally like if you just changed something about Spock, I would still say I don't have, a, I don't have like a nerd on. For, for Kirk. And and also the other thing that I had to do when I got into all these discussions today was I said foremost and upfront that my problems with J.J. J. Abrams in total, but in Into Darkness specifically, are all story. 
Right. Like, I'm not a Trekkie. I didn't come wearing my jumpsuit or red shirt or anything. And right. as far as I know, you're not a huge Trekkie. No. So when I start seeing reviews... Or I, people, well, I'm a fan. I'm a I, fan. I, mean, I, I, am, I, I can tell you about... I I'm very you, much a fan of the original show mm-hmm. and right. even and Next the, Generation and, right. and everything. But, you know, not... But I can't <clears> tell you the dimensions of a bird of prey, nor right, how many right. pylons it can hold. And, and when I saw some people's arguments saying there's no way you could get from Earth to Kronos in three days. You know, I just I tuned them out because I'm like, you know what? You're a super fan, and I can't I can't talk to you because oh, uh, your arguments okay, are going to be okay. But than mine. but here's the thing: since since we're <laughs> into that point, right? A lot of the problems that I had with this movie are that it is not even true to its own science, which was, I right. find totally irritating in a movie. Right? If you want to make up some science and go, look, we have all this crazy crap and we can do whatever the hell, mm-hmm. you know, we've advanced whatever, then fine. But it has to make sense in right. your own world that you're describing. Right. And I don't know what the story is about getting to Kronos and whatever, uh, whatever. But in the movie, he apparently just teleports himself there. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. That was that thing and in the that bag can't that he possibly well, happen in this he, movie. He's a super intellect. That, he made that. <laughs> he created. You know. He didn't create it because no, it was Scotty. Because creation. Scotty created yeah. it, and then he did whatever. And but he figured it out. But if we had that, then you know, I, I don't know. the whole, The whole thing is really goofy along those lines. But as we jump right into the movie, yeah, it lets you know right away. Look, uh, this is exactly how the movie's going to be. And I think in a way it's actually a, a kind of an interesting opening because at least it's honest. Even if what it's honest about you hate and you go this is really stupid and I can't stand that the movie is like this, at least it's telling you right up front. It's not pretending uh, that it's not going to be stupid. It's just saying well, look, it's going to be stupid, I right? Think, I think it yeah, I agree to part of that. I think it's saying this is the movie you're going to get. Because there are so many things in the beginning uh-huh. that it is really hard to watch, even from the perspective of I really like to try and let the movie say this is how the world yeah. is and go, okay, fine, that's how the world is. But in in just like the three or four, five-minute opening scene, I mean, depending on how much of it you need to look at, we've got uh, Spock is in a suit that's heat-resistant more than the Spock spaceship he gets out of yeah which and they took him to a volcano how how can that be and not only that but we are so far in the future with everything else that happens in this movie just look at like the science of everything else that happens and the only way you can do this completely dumbass thing he has to do with this little box is to zip line your way down out of a (laughs) out of a little space shuttle thing And actually land in the volcano and set the thing like we have all these advancements in technology, right? But right. somehow what we've been stymied on <laughs> is like drop the damn thing out or teleport it there or, you know, like right. turn the thing on and then teleport it into the yeah. middle of the thing. Yeah. There's like a hundred different ways that you could figure out how to do this. No, but this is what they want. but what I want is for Spock to zip line down right. and this is the excuse I'm going to use. And so that clearly that works. Yeah. And that is, you know, like I said, I think it's interesting that at least the movie is being crazily honest, right? And he, for whatever reason, wanted the Enterprise to be hiding under the ocean, yeah. which that created its own problems. And, I didn't and, mind that. And I was, that was cool. It was a little yeah. weird. It was fine, except that, except that as, as you, we were walking out and you said, oh you know, but if that's what you're going to do, why does it have to pop up right, right. in front why of the people? Why don't you just propel two the miles thing around can, the corner? The thing that's can it. fly a right. jillion miles an hour, right. and we could just go somewhere else where the people aren't. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but what what struck me about that, and this is like the most minute thing, and I even find it hilarious Uh-oh. that this that this <laughs> stuck out at me in the middle of all this nonsensical craziness going on, where right. the movie is telling you. You, look, you're not allowed to pay attention to what science there is and what science there isn't. Right. <clears throat> the very first thing that happens is the movie saying, we're just going to do whatever we want to do. And there's no, you know, like any kind of plot holes based on 
science ability, you just have to write off because that's right. the movie you're about to watch, yeah. right? So it's interesting that that's there. But the thing that like so stood out to me is when the spaceship pops up, and I, I even mentioned this to you when you walked out, it's like tiny. Yeah. And they show this big picture of it like, oh, here's the giant spaceship coming out of the ocean. And it like, I swear, I want somebody on the internet because this is like what the internet was built for, <laughs> built for really. Yeah. To take like a screenshot of that and use some kind of photo analysis software on it because it's like the tree is this big in the picture, right? Yeah. And like the rock face is this big or whatever, and the enterprise is this big. And it's going to turn out that the enterprise is like maybe 100 yards long right. in that picture. Right. And it's just so weird because you're watching the movie and it's clearly ginormous when it's underwater. It's a 3D. And then, and then all of a sudden it's like this. All of a sudden, it looks like you know the kid and Frankenweenie making a movie with a little <laughs> right, yeah. with a little Enterprise yeah. on a stick or something. Well, the easy, the easy thing to get rid of right now is um, I thought it was a beautiful looking movie. We saw it in 3D. We saw it yesterday, and I thought it was great looking. It I'm was never, very I'm cool never looking. unimpressed yeah. with the look of even the 2009 version, even his first Ex one. Except great looking. Except it was great looking. Except you have. <laughs> way more of a problem than I usually do with, like, the lens flares. Because oh, every oh. time someone says J.J. Oh. Abrams, you say, like, you mean J.J. Right. Lens, lens flares flare. Abrams because it drives you nuts. There's not a scene. And I usually don't have that much oh. of a problem with it. In the first one, I kind of was, like, going, oh, all right, enough already. You know, at some point, I I kind of was going, I, I don't need it it's in every scene. quite that much. But this one is, like, twice as bad right. as it the is. first it's one. Everywhere. It is Unreal. Right. It's it's weird. It's almost like taking a flight and you've got a kid kicking your seat or a crying baby and you you have to get used to it and then you just tune it out. Right. I didn't think I could do it. Like there were times when I switched. <laughs> there were times I mentally was just like, oh, God, there they are again. And then I right. saw them for 10 minutes because they're all over the place. Like you say, it's not just in one moment. Now it's like they are and everywhere. There. And, and then after a while, I just I tuned it out. Even in the, though I in was the first seen. one, in the first one, it was they almost stopped. like, in the first movie, it was almost like you could kind of see a theory, I like couldn't. like what he was trying to do was like you know whenever it's spacey and you know no. space itself has lens flareness yeah, or sucks. when you look out at space and see the yeah. other spaceship over there, then somehow there's I, it makes sense somehow. I, in this one, it was just like. Every, the world is built on lights. It, it was it I was told wild. You just a quick digression. I told you when I watched Super Eight, which is the other, you know, famous recent J.J. Abrams yeah. film. The kid goes into this dark tunnel, and there are lens flares. <laughs> right. And I'm like, all right, that's the end of it. <laughs> right. Like, there's no more. You've used them all. This right. is like. But yeah, anyway, yeah, um, no, it's it's it reminds me of when <clears throat> the the paradox of modern technology has screwed over horror films because everyone's got a cell phone now. So right. There's no reason you can't call your mother, your brother, your dad, the sheriff, the army. You've got to find a way to get rid of the cell phones. Somehow, so you so have if to get you rid see of them, everybody yeah. go to Camp Crystal Lake, they've all got to accidentally fall in the water immediately so that all their cell phones are dead. Right. In Star Trek, they love their science, and it suits them whenever they need something to be out so Scotty can say, um, right. diverting all the power, I'll try my, you know, whatever – but when they don't want it to work because they want to facilitate an action scene that's unnecessary or stupid to begin with, then it doesn't work. Right. And that's annoying as hell because, like what you said, when you enter a, a film like this, even if it's canon or it isn't, like you've set the rules. Now live by them. Right. You know, and one of the things that we were talking about when we left, which was why Spock has to be in that volcano. There was no reason at all except to mirror the problem that Kirk is going to have later. And if you're that heavy-handed, you don't know what you're doing anyway. Right. And again, under the water, why don't you just go around the corner? Where, well, and, you know, a, and a lot of it, too, that that keeps coming up. Like I said, it's not like one or two things. It's, <laughs> no, that's a repetitive it's, it's issue. It's rampant yeah. in the movie that the science is just crazy. Yeah. And the science is... When I want to do something cool or show you something cool, then we live in a world where science has evolved to the point where I can do that. When we want some corny thing to happen as like an action scene or something, yeah. then science does not work right. like oh, that we're, here. We're in a nebulous whether it makes sense, whether it makes any sense or not. Yeah. And J.J. Abrams always is. Um, Really, I think at this point, getting famous for the fact that the way to get past 
any kind of problem like this is just to not explain it at all. Right. And you just go, like, there's one part where, um, so uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who is awesome in this movie. He's great. Uh, you know, he's the bad guy, and then we get to this point where, well, hey, beam him up here. Okay, mm-hmm. well, now, um, yeah. the, you know, super chronos field or, you know, whatever yeah. the hell, who knows, right? right. You Come just, on. like, throw out some word that you made up right. and say, that prevents us from transporting him up here, but I right. could transport you down there. Right. Well, how can that be? Right. I mean, right. it's like, just make sure my it doesn't matter because right. now I want you to right. be in some kind of a chase scene and have to run after yeah. him and everything. So, so clearly, you know, the whole world of technology revolves around the fact that I want you to run right now Man, and have a chase. Yeah, right? isn't running like predominant in this film too. It, it is it a like, lot. It felt like J.J. Abrams got this enormous sound studio and he was like, you know what? Every square foot got to have 65 bucks and we're going to work gonna have it. to make that. Right. Spock runs, Kirk runs, M- Bones runs. Dude, Scotty, Scotty runs, runs down runs. that stupid hallway. I didn't know because right? I try to stay away from reviews like you do until we've seen the film because I don't want it coloring anything. And I didn't know until later that Simon Pegg, who's awesome. Look, as a quick digression to my own digression, the cast is really great. Even my problem is with Kirk, I think the, like the cast is way job. better in this one. Yeah, they everybody got their step yeah. up. Even though J.J. Abrams, and I've been using uh, my verb now is Lindelof. Like right. if you've Lindelof a script or you've Lindelof right, painting right. your house, you've really screwed it up. Right. Like that's the new verb for me. Even though those guys don't seem to understand that characters can have more than one dimension, like the poor mismanagement of Chekhov, and I don't care about Chekhov. Like I said, I'm not a Trekkie. I don't care if he gets whatever he has in his backstory or in a book somewhere. He exists only to warble the W in every word, and they make him say every W they can. Right. And it's only so he can be comedic. He's like pulling off tongue twisters. Right. He doesn't have anything to do. Just like, you know, other characters only have one thing to do. Scotty has to be funny and to flip a switch or find a button or whatever. Right. Anyway, they, the cast does great, and they did better than I thought they were going to do. But I didn't realize until I started looking at a few reviews that Simon Pegg, J.J. Abrams ran him like a hamster. Right, right, ball, right. Ran right, him until right. he threw up. And I thought that was really funny. I mean, he's like Simon up and Pegg's down really funny. this he's giant like, thing. Ran, right. He's like, I ran straight out, flat out, as hard as I could. And they said, cut, all right, we got to do that again. He's like, right. okay, I can do it again. He did it almost as hard. Right, He's like, right. okay, we got to do it again. He's like, I don't know how much more I can do. <laughs> right. Like, I don't And know. at this point, it's like, we don't really want you to do it. What we want you to do is do it when you're really tired. <laughs> right. So we, you, we, so we to have to, to give you like five then, takes. Yeah. Right. So anyway. But so they, the first know. one wasn't going to work out <laughs> even in theory because that's run. not what we really wanted. They but um, I even liked the, the, the characters better than in the first one. Except, and this is really weird because I think that we got Kirk to a better place where I could handle him a little better, yeah. right? And a lot of the other characters, like, you know, Scotty was pretty cool. And here's the weird thing, like, Scotty, and I like Simon Pegg too, although I think in the first one, his, uh, even though he was trying his best with it, I think it was, you know, very caricature-ish, right? Yeah. But... And there is a problem, I think, with the ages that people are supposed to end up in the right. in the original series yeah. and the ages that they're they all so similar right now and everything. Right. But, like, I felt like, you know, he was kind of just caricature in the yeah. first one. And in this one, I really got a kind of a sense that he's the person who could grow into the Scotty yeah. in, like, the story, right? So I thought that was really cool. And I thought every everyone was a lot better except for Carl Urban, which I think is really weird because I like him a lot in general. I and like now, him. and so here's here's the thing. This could just be me, but everyone else I felt like, you know, Scotty is trying to play Scotty, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kirk is trying to play Kirk and and people are doing they're trying to be that character. And I just felt like Carl Urban was wow. doing an impression of Bones. He wasn't really trying to play Bones. He was just doing an impression of him. And it looked like even the way that they constructed some scenes where you've got the yeah, the famous Star Trek, Bones and Spock on opposite sides of Kirk. Right. Ba- having their confrontation at each other, which is just like so classic Star Trek, you know. Right. And it just like kind of stood out to me that I'm like, you know, he's like doing the voice too much. He's like trying to 
he's like overselling it a little bit. I thought he was just trying oh, to be I didn't too bold. I, I, I can understand it, but anyway, yeah, I that could it. just be me. But in general, I, yeah. I, I didn't really have any problems with anyone who was in the movie. It's funny. Except for what they tried to make them do. Make like, them do. Right. And even like Spock, which, you know, even if you're not a major Trekkie fan or anything, right. I mean, Spock is Spock, right? right? I mean, more more yeah. than anyone in Star <laughs> Trek, you know, Spock is like a thing. I mean, he's right. part of the, you know, cultural consciousness, yeah. right. whether you know Star Trek or not, yeah, right? right? And there were so many weird things, and there were kind of some weird things with him in the last movie, but... You know, they got so, like, hell-bent on this whole logic thing, and then we wanted to really sell later on that he wouldn't lie. Right. So earlier on, he's like, uh, he has to get in this little mini confrontation that we just stuck in there just for the purposes of foreshadowing later, where he goes, Vulcans don't lie. And I went, uh... What just happened? Because yeah. is that anything that ever happened in the original Star Trek? And you know, somebody out there right. is well, no, probably about you. to call in or something, and maybe it is. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And I don't recall ever hearing anything watching the original series that Vulcans can't lie right. because you know what? Sometimes it's logical to lie. Right. Yeah. And so how can you not lie? They have, theoretically, a whole system based on nothing but logic. They don't have a morality that's overriding the logic, like, like, right? Like if Uhura says, does this earpiece make me look fat? And he's like, logically, I should tell you that. No, of course not. Well, no, but, no, ser- I, I but seriously, if you have like the way that he looks at everything, and, and because we like totally work this in, I think, a reasonable way through both of these movies, yeah. you know, he doesn't go, well, I like that person more than that person right. or whatever. Everything yeah. is just cold, brutal logic, and, you know, he sells Kirk down the river because... Right. Because of logic, right? Yeah, like, I didn't realize because you this put is that in your report. this is what right. you're supposed to do, or whatever. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have this whole oh, and I have this morality uh, set of rules that is yeah. going to judge what my logical <laughs> conclusion is. I, I don't know. It just it felt so weird, and it's kind of like they give it like a little pause, you know. Right. It's like Vulcans don't lie, and I want you to remember that for right. later yeah. because it's going to be important, important, right? Well, getting getting back real quick before you know, because it's weird how quick we're running out of time. One of the big things that's annoying again about both Scotty and technology and when it works is, as telling you in the first film, he gets really proud and he exclaims, you know, I've never beamed three people from two targets onto one platform during before. the first movie, right? And in this film, so many things could just be solved if they just learned their own science. If we could like, just transport like, something. There's like what whatever, you said right. before, the basic final ending is on this one platform that just is so stationary in its direction of movement. Scotty can't get them. Why? I don't know. Right. They got. They need line of because sight. Because like, yeah, the flux stu- capacitor is out of whack or real quick, whatever. Real quick before I forget, you know, we talked about the cast. A lot of, you know, it looks good. The cast is great. This all sounds like it should be a really great movie, but the story is absolutely full of holes everywhere in a way that doesn't even let me water off a duck's back. You know, I can right. just be like, ah, eh, whatever, sci-fi. It's so enormously a. a structured like right in front of everything all the time that it becomes it becomes very problematic to to just even defend it for the fun of defending it right but but the thing that's really frustrating and we talked about this too is they take two films and they're trying to mash them together you've got this fantasy about loving the wrath of khan and you want to bring khan in because you need to do this right and then it's got this really interesting thing that they don't develop, and you keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it never, ever does, which is the militarization of of scientific exploration. Right. And that's an amazingly fun and, thing, because they, they put a really, They really kind of leave... They had something. They really kind of leave that aside, it and, and it's in a strange way, because, um, you know, Khan is not really the bad guy in this movie. He really isn't. And... and, and in the end, he he still wants to be the bad guy, right? <laughs> and, he has bad guy and, motivations and he from has, others, but he's and he's he not has a bad guy. Yeah. he has problems where he's obviously right. going to butt heads with the good guys, right? But he's kind of not really so much the bad guy, right? He's just you know he's a little nutty and he has he's got it, his own agenda, so right. 
But if you're looking for him to be the super right. evil bad guy, he, you know, he's, he's not. not yeah. And and they have this whole other thread where it's almost like we wanted to have this other bad guy just because like what we specifically wanted was Khan to not be so much a bad guy. Right. We want this other element going on that makes him not be so horrible. And then it's like, well, now we've kind of done that, and so, well, whatever. Now what? Yeah. And and that throws in, you know, there are so many things in this movie that are just oddly thrown in, like, uh, you know, the daughter, the you yeah, know, Carol the, Mark, the hot chick in the movie, just to have a hot chick in the movie. Yeah. And she never really amounts to anything, and you don't know. Well, she's uh, got a good 3D scene. That's about it. <laughs> well, right, but I mean, she, yeah. you know, she's just like we had to have this other character yeah. just for this excuse of of something that doesn't actually pan out anyway. Right. And which that's even double weird. But the thing that really kills this movie for me, and I know a lot of people watch this movie and go, you know what, it's just fun and it's I loved it and yeah. it's all this. The problem for me with that is that the movie is basically built backwards for me to get any enjoyment out of an action like spectacle movie because the movie is built on, I want to try out doing this scene or effect or, or whatever. Now, make me a plot that makes that happen. Right. Instead of letting you know your action things kind of flow out of a plot that you want to tell. The right. movie doesn't really have a plot that it wants to tell. Right. It has a 30-year-old movie that it wants to copy and make right. a cool twist about. Right. Like, even, you know, there's the... Um, uh, Khan and Kirk, you know, join forces, and then they rocket out into space in this right. really like ultimately kind of dumbass scene, but you know, kind of fun, kind of fun. and yeah. and whatever. Yeah. And and it, but it, it it works in a certain way as mm. as just like a fun scene, but it's so clearly that just a a goofball thing that that we made the plot work to fit that scene. It's like they had filmed that whole scene like months before they knew how it was going to show up yeah. in the plot. And yeah. then they were like, um, well, I don't know. There's this and there's right. that and make this happen. I don't know. And then, and then it will make sense because it's, it, it's like ultimately if that makes sense in your universe, your universe has gone wrong somehow. Right. The excuse that we have for that happening, right? It, yeah. It's just, it's so weird. But everything is like that yeah. in the movie. And even, as I said before, that, you know, I can, I can kind of usually understand people just kind of writing everything off and saying whatever, it's kind of fun. But this movie, even trying to look at it from that sort of sense, it was so boring to me. So much of the time, and like I told you before, it's mainly because I'm a big fan of westerns. Right. And so much of this movie is just a western with CGI space yeah. written on top of it. Especially, I mean, it, it actually happens a lot, and we don't have time to go through tons and tons of it, but yeah. it happens a lot where this is just like, if you just go back and watch like 10 or 15 Westerns from the 40s and then watch this movie, right. you will go, you what the well, hell am that. I watching? Yeah. But it all kind of culminates in this end thing where uh, Spock and Khan are fighting, I swear to God, on top of a stagecoach, right. just like in so many other movies. And then, you know, we switch, it, we switch it up a little bit where we're on a train and we have to jump to the other car and then yeah. we keep kicking each other's ass when we're on the thing. And it's it's just bonkers. Like it so removed me from all of the action scenes that I couldn't really even just kind of sit back and enjoy it because it just all felt so ripped off and yeah. pasted together and for no reason. Yeah. And not only that, but um, you know, before we run out of time, I really want to get into this whole thing because so much of it is 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 just so donkey. Even the switching around the. The Khan thing, the, yeah. the role reversal of, of Wrath of Khan, which I guess sells well in a boardroom, but felt so goofy in right. reality. If you haven't seen the other one, probably right. probably okay, although I still didn't think that it got as much emotion as, as it, it should it, have. I'll make your point. But, um, but the other thing that I wanted to make sure to mention is, it, you know, we've got 72 other Khans. Right. 
And all of a sudden, we can't kill Khan, right. and we have to capture him alive and, and make that happen when he's the world's worst person to have to capture alive. Right, yeah. And because now we need his blood because it will you know it will do magical things that right. does. Got, <laughs> we won't necessarily his, yeah. spoil everything, but it will do magical things that his blood yeah. can do. When we've got a whole cargo bay full of other people that we could, right. they tried to address out. it, but it wasn't good enough. Like they say, we don't know the code yeah, to unlock yeah, the things, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, whatever. That's not that's not good enough. So no, there's there's. There's a million problems with it, and it's all around the story. And again, that's all under law. You know, and, it's, it's and this just, one, it's really this one for me is really weird because, in some sense, I kind of really was pushed toward disliking Iron Man three, in the same way yeah. as this movie, because a lot of the things it was doing, you know, go back and and check out our show on Iron Man three. Right. But a lot of the things that it was doing were irritating me, and in sort of similar ways, but I could get behind liking that one just for the fun factor right. more than this one. A lot of people, when I'm when I'm talking to people today, and really one of the things that was going on, which was, you know, in what I told you before the show started, they were reacting more about how they felt when they saw the film versus how they thought about the film. Right. Like their initial reaction is the film, and I've said this to everybody, I even said this to you, I can see why this film is doing really well. It's exciting. It's a popcorn right. movie. Right. It's just not a thinking film. You're not, the more you think about this, the less you can justify any of it. Right. And I've had people say to me, you know, the last couple of days, like, you're just, you're thinking too much about it. You know, you got to just turn your brain off. Which, which would be okay, I think, it, with both of us. Right. Except that this movie is is not selling that. Right. This movie is not. I've never seen. Yeah, I've giving never, you that. It's telling you to think. Right. It is. And then it's being stupid. And it's asking you to say, "Look at how smart we are." You know, because we're thinking this stuff exactly. Up we're giving exactly. you twists. Right. I have never sat down with the expectation that Police Academy is going to be Serpico. Okay. Right. They're both cop films, but I know exactly what I'm getting with one, and it doesn't pretend to be the other. Right, and when you go back and review Police Academy, you, you don't go, well, that wouldn't really happen, right? <laughs> because right, right. it's just being a a know. goofy movie. But this movie, and even with you know big actiony movies or whatever, you know maybe like Transformers or something, right? You don't necessarily pick apart Transformers and go, well, you know right. Cybertron, right. blah blah blah, and <laughs> this is this is this. But this movie is like so clearly like trying to say, look at how smart we are all right. the time. That how can you well, then also say and don't think about anything? I've been I've been throwing all kinds of other films, and I'll throw one more. Ian Malcolm. If you've ever seen Jurassic Park, you know it's Jeff Goldblum. But if you've read the book, it's the same thing. He's got the greatest greatest feeling about this that I do. When he said, you know, when he was talking about why they shouldn't do it, and he said, before you thought about what you did, you went ahead and did it. Before you thought about whether you should, you just wondered if you could. Right. And you stood on the shoulders of geniuses before you knew what you had, then you marketed it. J.J. Abrams and all those guys just think because The Wrath of Khan is a great film and the best of, arguably the best of all of the movies. Right. That just putting Khan in a movie is enough. And and my biggest problem with the film is the last 30 minutes is just fanboy fan service where they do a bunch of stuff that only the hardcore Trekkies will supposedly love. And I think it backfires. I think what you do is you alienate your fan base and the other audience, they don't care. Right. Like it doesn't really suit them. So what you've done is you've placated some while irritating the other. Well, and it's really weird and, because I can't imagine that works. Well, the it, more it, yeah. serious a fanboy you are, know, I've got to think you hate it. It's this just movie. like they shouldn't they never thought about whether they should. They just wondered could we? Right. And they had a blank check and an open universe of characters. They they did whatever they wanted to do and it fell flat. There right. was a mistake everywhere. So I'm pretty much leaning towards like one star again. I yeah. think maybe like maybe like one and a half, just because I yeah. do think there is some fun to it and everything. Yeah, that's what I was. I was. But this go, is but. In, a, in kind of a different way than The Great Gatsby because there's we're not exactly comparing it in the same way. But this movie is just so obnoxious in everything about trying to be smart because mm -hmm. it's basically telling you. If you don't like it, it's because you're stupid right. or something. Right. And at the same time, I just could not really get the same amount of fun that I know plenty of people are getting. It, yeah. it just didn't work for me. It all been. felt so old. Yeah. It all felt well, to me like 
it all felt to me like you can't just take a really old movie and put new effects on it and now it's modern and fresh and cool when it's just doing the same thing we're gonna run out i'm pretty much with you i had a ton of problems with it i couldn't really enjoy it there are great things and it had a lot of promise you know and that's one and a half i was pretty firm about one and a half all the way through right you know it's so at least we got some difference in the Great Gatsby, but we are going to run out of time, so we are going to just jump ship really quick because oh, I don't I, I don't want to go go on. Quick, I don't want to go on the ship's anymore. About to blow up. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week, and I don't know with what, but uh, we love our yeah. fans, and thanks a lot for listening. Yeah. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.